Welcome. And today's session is defending your rights under the color of law. Can you strongly state that you have legal rights or can you name or claim your rights? Are you sure? Or will you succumb to the legislative bureaucracies and rules without raising any objections? Also, will you take whatever necessary stands to defend your rights in child support tribunals or hearings? Or will you meekly stand by and watch them use their limited authority to diminish your power? The Supreme Court of the United States says, it is through lawsuits against state officers that state compliance with federal law is achieved. Deprivation of rights under the color of the law. Section 242 of Title 18 makes it a crime for a person acting under the color of law to willfully deprive a person of their rights and privileges under the Constitution. Now, even where state officials are administering federally funded programs such as the child support, those state officials are still acting under color of law. And the case law is Tongle versus Usury. Now, in this session, we're going to cover what is called the notification letter, which is the denial of rights letter that you can submit in your court case. Now, stay tuned till the end of this. We will provide you with tips, what we call a call to action that you could use in your case. Hello, my name is Chris. And here on this channel, we review the child support agency statutes and rules. And we show you or demonstrate, you, demonstrate to you how it comes into conflict with your due process rights. On our channel, we also provide education on legal lessons, both public and private. Uh, we do case law reviews. We do pre precedent reviews, statutes, regulations. We also provide templates, uh, summons, as this presentation will show you. We also ask that you subscribe to our channel and hit the notification button and like us. Now, deprivation of rights under color of law. Uh, this falls on what's called Section 242 of the Code. And it says, basically, a person acting under color of, color of law and willfully deprived you, the person or individual, on the Constitution and laws of the United States. That person uh, is liable to you. And any acts that they perform, either in their official capacity or they pretend in terms of performance, that also falls under color of law. Now, it does not necessarily mean that a crime has to be committed. And whether those crimes are based on race, color, religion, it's, it's irrelevant. It, it, the question is, what are they doing, the functions they're performing? So whether they're a police officer, a prison guard, law enforcement, judges, support magistrate, the staff of the family court, anyone acting in a public official capacity is acting under color of law. Now, now you know your, your rights or you think you have rights, can you stand up for your rights? Now, fraud, as defined by the court, is that any representative, again, anyone acting in a color of law, that in their decision-making process, 
basically violate your rights. And the key thing is there are no statutes of limitation. Now, in some states, they claim that the statute of limitation is based on uh, the state laws. Either case, remember, they have to meet the federal standards. Now, when a judge acts in a magistrate or support magistrate acts in a way that violates your constitutional right, that judge or acting judge is no longer acting as a judge, but as a ministerial officer. And the, the court case is Pearson versus Ray, signed by the Supreme Court. And also to note, state judges, as well as federal judges, as a responsibility to respect a person's federal rights. And if they violate that, they fall under, again, this particular statute. And the case law is called Goss versus State of Illinois. Now, let's talk about the actual form itself. This is called the denial of rights form under the color of law. Now, the form here on the left, as you can see, I submitted this in my, in my lawsuit. As you can see, the date was 2013, and I this is a copy that was delivered to the support magistrate. Uh, I have several copies of it. I delivered a copy to everyone that was involved. Uh, either I come in contact with, or I was, um, you know, anyone that touched, basically anyone that touched my case, they got a copy with their respective names on it. Now, in order to get the form, you can go to the Department of Justice website and you can download it. Or you could always email us asking for copies of the form. So let's take a look at the form. Now, the first part of the form is where you put the name of the staff member, judges, or anyone that comes in contact with your case. Next, this is where you deliver that. And you can deliver the form. Uh, either personally or through a third party. Um, and we will talk more in detail how to deliver this form properly so it can be registered by the courts. Now, this is the, the, the main part of the document where it gives a legal notice and warning. And then it highlights the details for the 18 USC 242 form. And it explains, in addition, it goes into what is 18 USC 245 section. Again, uh, we're not discussing this in this presentation, but you can read it. Um, it, it talks more about your rights and, and what's involved and in violation of that. But I want you to pay close attention to this section of the form. It's called the USC Title 42-1983. If you see the arrow where it's pointing, it says any violation that occurs, the injured party, which is you, you can bring action at law, a suit in equity, uh, in any proceeding, in other and other proceedings for redress. Now, as I said, remember, violation of your rights will can and may result in a lawsuit according to the United States uh, Supreme Court. What this letter does, without stating it bluntly, it says you may be sued on the call of law. So you've already now given official notice of a pending lawsuit if you were to go that route. Now, let's complete the form itself. 
Now, first we start off with your name. Now, your name here is really the name that is in your court papers, uh, whether it's uppercase, lowercase, capital, just transcribed exactly the way they have your name appear in your court case and the address, whether it's the same as your address or any other address, you put that there. So that's where the, in this case, you're probably the defendant in the case if it's child support uh, and your other party is taking you to child support. On the right side, then you put the, the staff, the support magistrate, the judges, the administrative judges, anyone that you feel that should be notified of your denial of rights. This goes here, and you ensure that you have their correct title, the courthouse, the exact address of the courthouse, because you'll be delivering it to this particular address. Next is what I call the statements. And you put whatever you want to put here is really entirely up to you. Uh, I just happen to put every person is entitled to an opportunity to be heard before an impartial court uh, of law. And that's a statement. You could put other things. You could put notice of intent. You could put uh, I'm aware that you violated my rights. In other words, you put, give an explanation as to the purpose of why they are receiving this form. Here you sign your name, uh, your signature name or however you want to go by. This goes here in that pocket where it says signatures, the signature. And next, you date that. Now, you will have a copy for everyone that's in your case or all the people you want to notify in your case. Now, notice of service. We said, I said here, uh, either you could deliver that to the, to the, the parties or have a third party delivered, such as United States Postal Service or Process Server. Uh, my opinion, uh, use a third party uh, that either the post office and in my situation, I use United States Postal Service, and I did what's called certified mail. You could do certified registered. The goal is to ensure that it arrives to the party and where, where the party received it. Because the goal is that, as you know, uh, process, process service is very important. It establishes jurisdiction. And therefore, you need to ensure that it arrives at the individual. In my case, the support magistrate here, which is Mr. Roneski, it was to deliver it to 8D Part 22, which is his hearing room or his courtroom. And you also see that I have the, the index number or the tracking number that designate that because, again, I need proof that this was delivered to the correct parties. Now, this is where we have what is called a call to action. It is where steps that you can take in order to protect your rights. As we said earlier, do you know how to protect your rights if you were called upon to do so? So here in our call to action segment, after you've completed the form, uh, we suggest that you add what is called an affidavit to that form. And what the affidavit will do, it sort of write down maybe a description of what happened at the time you felt your rights were violated. 
Uh, it could be the place. It could be the people that were in the room. It would be the incident or whatever took place. So you want to sort of memorialize it in an affidavit. And the definition of affidavit is, is a sworn statement of facts and information. And you've done that before a notary public. So you add your affidavit, any documentation at the time, if you were in a hearing or a child support case, you want to attach us that as well. And make sure you read the statement before you sign it in the notary. Now, once you've assembled your affidavit and the color of law document, you're now going to deliver that into your court case so that there is a what is called a record of the event. Because let's say that you were in you're in child support for let's say two years. You couldn't remember what happened a particular date. Well, this is where you document that event. Now, we've arrived at the end of this presentation. I hope this was helpful. Uh, As we said, that this is where you exercise and demonstrate your rights uh, and then have it recorded in your case. Uh, If you have additional questions, feel free to email us uh, with your questions. We also ask you to subscribe to our channel. Uh, In addition, we also ask for a small donation that would help us with our research as well as select the appropriate uh, materials to present here on our channel. And we ask you, you know, provide a donation or gift in any amount of, you know, $25 uh, to our email. Now, this is the end of this presentation. I hope you understand how to exercise your, your rights, as well as how to notify others that they have violated your rights. Also, please visit other, uh, other videos on this site and this channel. Thanks.